That, wow, that sounds so much better. That really excites me when everybody gets excited about, about life. Who's excited about life? Come on, if you have kids under the age of anything. <laughs> if you're a parent, life is exciting. Come on, oh man. Oh, um, just want to say welcome to everybody. If this is your first time, my name is Milo, and I have the awesome privilege with my wife to lead Prodeo. And today is really a very exciting time for, for me and for a lot of the people that sit here today because we celebrate, Alison and myself, a year of actually preaching at Prodeo. It was, for those who do not know our story, um, my wife and I, we planted a church um, three years ago, nearly four years ago, and we met um, the amazing couple that led Prodeo, uh, Louis and Yulandi, and after COVID, we decided, you know, instead of churches dying out, let's get together. And so that is when the relationship between us and Prodeo was birthed, and this time last year, I preached my first preach in Prodeo as someone that goes to Prodeo. So God has been so good to us. We have actually, for, for those who are new that haven't been a part of our series as we started, we're talking about more, we believe more is what um, God has for us as individuals, for us as a church, as we move into this year. And we have just seen Him do so much more in our lives in a year that we've been here. So I am so grateful. Um, this, is, this is really exciting for me. If I, if I stop midway and just cry, you know, that's okay. Someone be great and bring me a tissue because uh, we know that's Milo cries. Milo cries. Um, and so, yeah, so it is a, it's a really amazing day for me. So I'm excited about today. So not only are we um, celebrating a year, but we're coming to the end of our series, which is called More. Hey, so more has been so much for us. Um, we've been praying more. We've been doing a whole lot more stuff. Um, the only thing I haven't been doing more is eating. And uh, I believe that's unbiblical. Uh, but, you know, that is, that is who we are. And I just want to say that more doesn't end with the series. Once the series ends, that is the starting blocks for those who have ever watched athletics, you got starting blocks that push you off before a race, but the end of the series is actually the start of us going out and pursuing more. Uh, also, so we, we, we're not a church that just does something and, and, and allows it to die. Um, we, we, are, we are all about moving forward and capitalizing on what God is doing in our lives. So, um, for those, do we have from those cards, Alison? Uh, does any, Liesl, can I get one of your, those, um, you are loved cards? Does, Sadman can, never mind, there we go. Thank you. See these guys, this is what we're talking about. So for those who don't know that, Sadman, he's single, he's amazing. Um, <laughs> if you're online, I'm just saying, uh, you got to come to church to experience someone really awesome. But here we go, uh, Jesus is in the building. Um, <laughs> Uh, we handed out these cards this month. We, we started a campaign called You Are Loved. 
And so today, my wife goes, Milo, why are you always so mushy? I have mushy moments. So today I walked into the church and everybody I saw, I cried with. I walked up to them and I'm like, you know what? This is the thing. As a church, we constantly go out and we look for people and hand out these cards and we go, you know what? You are loved. And we say, Jesus loves you. And God convicted me this week as I was prepping and coming to church this morning. He said, just grab a couple of cards and tell everybody. So I walked up to whoever I could and I just walked up to them and I'm like, you know what? You are loved. And not just by God. And I turned to them and I go, I love you. Um, so guys, I, I really love you. I love you all. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're allowed to say that. But I love you guys. We love you guys. And this is the thing, just because the world goes, you know, February is the month of love and we find something else to look forward to, once uh, March rolls in, we're going, God's love is not limited. So even though February ends, I don't know what you guys did with your spouses, your, your you know, your, your uh, how do they say, your sticky, I, I don't know, um, if you did something special, but I'm saying, you know, that is a one time event in a year. God loves you, and it doesn't end. And so what I'm saying is, our series might be ending, our campaign might, the month might be ending, but who we are, we are love because God is love, and what we're going to do is we're going to show love no matter what. That doesn't end. So throughout the year, we're going to have these cards printed, and you're going to take some, and you're going to share the love. I'm not asking. I am celebrating with you guys that you guys are going to Walk in a culture and a spirit of love. Guys, do you have friends that you know is heading in the wrong direction? This is our slogan then for the year. We're going to love the hell out of them and them out of hell. We're going to just love them. And that is what we're going to do. So grab your I, um, you are loved cards. Hand it out to people. We've, we've, uh, you know, um, we've handed it out to the guys that watch your car. Now don't just give it to them and don't tip them. That, that, that's bad. And don't say don't run with knives. That's a bad tip. Uh, because you never know that steak is getting cold and you need to cut it. So run with the nut. No, I'm just joking. But literally, tip the guys and give them a card. Come on, let's be generous. That is who we're going to be. We're going to be a generous church. So with that said, let's continue with today's message. Um, turn with me to the book of Kings. If you have your Bible with, with you, we're going to be in the book of Kings today, chapter 19. And we're going to run in to a duo that is very well known in the Bible. If you've ever been in church, if you've ever heard someone preach, you would have heard people mention one of these two guys' names. And I believe that they've got something to teach us today. And so God laid this on my heart as I was prepping. And uh, we're going to just pick it up from verse 19 um, in 1 Kings chapter 19. And we're just going to read a few verses. And this is what it says. In verse 19, so Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. Now, let me just give you a background story here quickly. Elijah, great prophet, does amazing miracles. There was a drought. He challenged a whole lot of uh, priests that worshipped an idol, a false god, and then he challenged them to a duel. And uh, you know those things like, my dad will beat up your dad. It was exactly that. It was a playground thing. And, and God stepped in and God whipped him. Like six laps. Pa, 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 pa. Yeah, don't mess, with, don't mess with my God. And then just to, you know, you get those brats in school. 
It's like, nah, now it's my turn. Uh, my dad showed you something, now I'm going to show you something. And so that's what Elijah did. Then he killed all the Baal priests. And then, just like in school, you know, guys have egos. And then a chick steps onto the scene. And there this lady, Jezebel, steps up and says, I'm going to kill you. And this man is overcome by fear and he runs away. One of the greatest prophets, one of the greatest prophets that we read about. And as he runs away, he has an encounter with Jesus. And, and God speaks to him. Sorry, he has an encounter with God and God speaks to him. And God encourages him. And God strengthens him and he's like, it's time for more. We're not going to sit here and let this die. There's more that I want to do in the world, more that I want to show my people. And so he tells Elijah that he has to leave the place where he is. And if you go and read the, the, the previous four verses that follows on from what we spoke about last week, God actually tells Elijah, go back. And we learned that we have to go back in order to make a difference. When we have an encounter with God, you can't stay in the same place. You've got to go back and share it with people. And this is what God does. He encounters Elijah. Elijah gets, you know, psyched up and he goes back because God wants him to raise up two kings and another prophet that is going to take his place. And this prophet's name is Elisha. And so this is where we pick up the story so let's do that again. So Elijah went from there and then found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Here's that word again, go back. Elijah replied, what have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burnt the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate and everybody said, amen. <laughs> Nothing like meat. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. As we conclude today our series of more, I would like to talk to you under this heading, it's what I want. How many of you guys have ever just wanted something and said, that is what I want? And that is what we're going to talk about. So before we get started, can we all just bow our heads and can, can we just pray? Holy Spirit, just come. As we sit here, I pray that through your word, you will strengthen us, you will encourage us, and that you will empower us to move forward. Empower us to move closer to you, to people, and to reach people that do not know you or that have moved far from you. So thank you for your word. Thank you that it builds us up. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Um, anybody love Jim? Like, no, honestly, now, I don't want you to go, I go to gym. Because uh, for the longest time last year, I told you guys, I go to gym. This year, I actually went into the gym. Hey, okay? So let me ask, does anybody like going to the gym? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I see um, Ashwin. 
Ashwin likes going to the gym. He just needs to wave, and you understand why, because he's like, his, his muscles like go, hey, I, <laughs> I own a gym, but yeah, dude, can I just honor Ashwin? Well done on your achievements, guys. He passed his board exams, and we as a family, we want to celebrate you, so well done, buddy, well done. He pushed through. He even served in church while he was busy with his with, with, his, with all these things, so well done. You know, God's favor was all upon him. He's like, let me do this. now. I'm just joking. So I had this friend um, that I met while I was um, working. And a few, about maybe just before we moved to Cape Town, I started seeing his posts on social media because he left, he went to um, Gangster's Paradise, um, that's Gauteng, he, um, he went there, and he started working there, and I was left in um, Mapumalanga, where they got really mighty potholes. Uh, in South Africa, we use different words. And uh, so he went away. We stayed here. We stayed in contact. But then I noticed something different about him on Facebook and on Instagram. He would post stuff of him on a bicycle and then with a medal. And then he'd post stuff where he's running and he's got his number and a medal. And it was going on for months. And I'm like, no, man, something's wrong here. And I like send him a message. I'm like, yo, dude, what is up with this whole whenever I see you, you like on a dirt trail and you smiling and you're f- taking photos and, and there's all the celebration with the medal. And um, now you must understand, this guy wouldn't even throw a tennis ball back at you if it rolled to his feet. He'd just stand there, look at him, go, ah and walk away. That, that's his extent of exercise. Didn't do it in school, didn't care about it. That is who he was. He, he wasn't, he wasn't he, you know, he wasn't unfit. Like, if you look at him and me, I'm way better built than him. But, you know, he, he, he was still slender and stuff like that. But um, in our conversation on why he does that, he's like, let me explain it to you better. And he takes a photo of one of the shirts that he bought himself. And on it, it says, I run because I love eating. And I'm like, I get it. He wants to eat, but if he continues pursuing eating, he's going to become very sluggish. And you know, there's only one, there's only space for one of me in this world. Can't have two awesome people. And, and so, you know, and, and it got me thinking, is like when we want something, there is certain things that we're going to have to do in order to get it. So the pursuit of more is always finding you doing something else to get it. So, like I said, this I started going into the gym. Yeah, thank you, thank you. And uh, it hasn't been easy. But this is what we have to understand. What I want requires me to do something. Because if I want something and I don't do anything, let's do the maths quickly. What happens? Nothing. My kids have learned that the hard way. It's like, hey, Dad, I want some food. I'm like, hey, you're old enough. Get it yourself. <laughs> I'm like, oh, but I'm starving. I'm like, do you want it? Yes. So you've got to learn how to make certain things yourself. Then Ellie walks into the house. Mom, I'm hungry. Okay, I'll make it for you. That's not what I want, woman. I want them to learn how to become independent. So with everything, especially in our pursuit for more, there are certain things that we 
have to do. There are certain things that we're going to have to let go of. So as we have a look at what it is that we want, like I want a better relationship with Jesus. I want more of him. So that means I'm going to have to pray more. I'm going to have to read more. I'm going to have to do things a little bit differently, but that's because it's what I want. What is it that you want this year? In your pursuit for more, what is it that you want? And over this past few weeks, we've been talking about how we get closer to God, how we get closer to each other, and how we go out. There are certain things that we are just going to have to do, but everybody's one is going to be a little bit different. You know, uh, I have to laugh. In the pursuit of a healthier lifestyle, in my case, I have to eat more, work harder. But I came across a guy, I mean, sorry, eat less, work harder. But I came across a guy that for a healthier lifestyle, he has to eat more and work harder. And I was like, that is so unfair. How come he gets to eat more? And that's like, you see, it's, it's all different. You are going to have to do things differently. Your pursuit of Jesus, your pursuit of relationships, that is going to be different. But we get to learn from each other. We get to grow from each other. And that is what this is all about. So let me give you a background about Elisha here. Nothing special about this guy. He ends up becoming one of the greatest prophets, but with the most recorded miracles besides Jesus. He becomes Elijah's student. Now, Elijah performed amazing stuff. But Elisha, he honored Elijah so much that there was a time that came where everybody knew that Elijah had to leave the earth. And Elijah turns to Elisha and asks him, what do you want? And Elisha goes, I want a double portion of what you have. Now, it's not that Darth Vader kind of power, you know, so I can take over the world. It's whatever God has placed on you, I want a double portion of that. It's like being the oldest son in the olden days. It's like when you were anointed, the oldest got a double portion. And he was going, our relationship with each other is this, what you have, I want. But I, I, I am so hungry for this, I need more. And Elijah, he was, Elisha, sorry, you know, he wasn't born a son of a priest. You know, he didn't have any special favor with God because of family. He was just a regular guy. He stayed with his mom and dad, guys. Come on. He was that guy. He worked on a farm. He was a mom's boy. Nothing special about him. But God still looked at him and he's like, there's more that I want to give him. There's more that he has, and this is it. If you want more, you need to realize you don't have to be special. He's like, but Milo, in your pursuit of more, you do this, that, and the other. And because of who you are, you can do this. But can I tell you something? It's not about who I am. It's about who God is. And we need to get that. If we want more, it's not about don't follow Christians, follow Jesus. Look to him, 
and keep moving because the thing that set him apart was one thing, and that was consistency counts. If ever you want to be good at something, you have to be consistent in it. We were chatting about, um, before the service started, you know, we were chatting about, you know, playing bass and doing a few things, and we're talking about different bands, and um, talking about a riff. Um, A riff is something that you play on an instrument, and I was just very excited about this one band that whose bassist does something, and Stephen Joe turns to me and he goes, flip, the practice that he had to do over and over, because he gets that. You have to be consistent if you want to see growth in your life, or if you want to shrink in your life, depending on if you're at the gym, or, you know, I don't know why you go to gym, maybe you want to get big, maybe you want to lose weight, but you have to be consistent at everything, Consistency is what drives us. Consistency counts. Galatians 6 verse 9 tells us, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if what? If we don't give up. This is life right here. Everything is repetition, is doing it over and over and over again. Yeah, but Milo, it's boring. You gotta do it over and over again. Broccoli sucks. Yeah, you gotta eat it over and over again. Man, dried chicken is awful. I know. Don't eat it. Find something else, you know. But in pursuit of anything, your consistency it was is what gets you your results. Being faithful in the ordinary will see you move in a greater authority that God has planned for you. You see, we need to be faithful in the small things because when you are faithful in the little, God can trust you with more. Where was Elijah, Elisha, when we met him? He was in the, on a farm, plowing. But can we give you a little bit of a reality check? What was his view like? I mean, we moved to Cape Town, and Cape Town has awesome views everywhere. I mean, we even based the school we wanted our kids to go based on the view that we saw on the webpage. Ali looked at it, and she goes, oh, look at that view. We're sending our kids there. I'm like, I don't even know if they speak English yet. And she's like, but they will learn whatever foreign language they need to in order to get to that school. But it's the view that gets us. When we went looking at houses, Ali goes, come on, check the view. Hey? Did you see the view Elijah had while plowing? Now, plowing back in those days are totally different to how we plow these days. We sit in a truck, a tractor, and we move forward, we look through windows. Yeah, you've got ox in front of you with the chain connected to a plow and you're pushing from behind. So what was his view? I love big and I cannot, I don't know what you guys were thinking. But his view was one that is not happening. If you thought your job stinks, I'm just saying. This is what he does day in and day out. Plowing, I've got friends who, who lived on a farm, 
and I'm, it's, it's a nice experience. It is amazing, fresh food, eggs, mom makes bread every morning, but it's hard work. And plowing doesn't take a day. And you don't just plow one portion of land at a time. When this one's done, you move to another. So for a very long time, Elisha had to plow through hard ground. So when we meet him, we find that he was faithful in doing the mundane tasks. His parents trusted him that he would get the job done. And this is the same in our lives. We might think like, hey, going to the same work is boring. We do the same thing over and over. My, my role as a parent is the same thing. Wake up, feed the kids, drive them, bring them back, feed the kids, put them to bed. And then the next day starts. Wake up, feed the kids, drive them to school, bring them home, feed them, go to bed. And that was only Monday afternoon. And then you come back. Wake up, feed the kids. You know, it goes over and over and over again. But if we're faithful in the everyday task, God can reward us with more. You see, we need to be faithful in the everyday mundane things or the monotony of waking up and praying. It's like, but why do I need to pray? It's like, how do you connect with Jesus? It's so tedious, Milo, but it's something that gets you closer to him. I don't know what to pray for. Have a look around. Look at all these amazing people that are smiling under the um, prison, the cloth prisons. <laughs> hey, come on. You know, pray for the people that are closest to you. Pray for your family. Um, I was telling Ali on Monday I woke up and I started praying for our family. And I, I don't know about you guys, anybody that has more than one sibling, two siblings, three siblings, let's, let's go this. Who's got three siblings? Um, okay, four siblings, five siblings, six. No, 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 not in-laws. Um, let's go, okay, including your parents, um, seven family members. Okay, anybody married and they've got in-laws? Yeah, then there's a lot of prayer. So I woke up and I started praying. I've got two older sisters. Um, so it was very, I won't say short prayer, but it was, you know, it was, it was a good prayer time. And then I switched over and I prayed for my wife's family. And, and yeah, I had to go to be continued. Because <laughs> she, she's got a whole lot of family members. And, and it took me like just over an hour to pray through everyone because I had to pray for every, they've got five million great-grandchildren. Mom, you are so blessed. Um, and, and I was just going through name, individual, person, whether they were married into the family or if they were born into the family, we were praying for them. But you need to start praying for all your people, man. Then you need to pray for your church. There's so much that we need to pray for for each other. There is so much that we need to pray for. I mean, like, and then, then we switch over and then we go, what else are we going to pray for? You've got a whole week to say, I'm going to dedicate something of prayer, time, to grow closer to God, to see people change. Yes, I know it's mundane. Yes, I know it's monotonous. But as we pray, we grow. See, he was faithful 
in doing what was hard, what was boring, what was monotonous, but it was in that that we see God pitch up and bless him with more. And if you want it, you've got to do it. You've got to get on your knees. You've got to pray. You've got to read your Bible because it's going to take consistency and faithfulness in the little things every day. And then this is just something else that I, while I was reading, something that you will find in your pursuit for more is that it's going to cost you something. Throughout your life, it's going to cost you something. My wife, um, she's got this thing, it's like when I ask her to do something, she goes, you're not the boss of me. I'm like, I paid for you, woman. I'm still paying. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> sure, she's getting it. Um, can I get that small box there, please, babe? So, uh, I've got a collection, and I thought I'd just show you guys. Um, um, please, I do not collect idols, and they are not dolls. They are Funko Pop bobblehead action figures. They are amazing. They are mine. And I have been blessed. So I've got a collection of these. And so, how many of you guys know what you do, your kids follow on? They catch what they see. So my kids decided that they were going to do the same thing. And my oldest son, um, after, it was his birthday in November. So after the exams, you know, the whole year he's been saving up money because there was a specific thing that he wanted to buy. So just before his birthday, we walked through, uh, he's like, can we go to the toy store? Um, I really want to buy me something. Um, I'm like, but aren't you saving for it? It's like, yeah, maybe something small. And I'm like, okay, okay. And he sees this thing, but it's way bigger and way pricier than um, what we were expected to spend on that day. And he goes, with my birthday money, can I get it? I'm like, but weren't you saving for something else? He's like, I was, but I want that. And so he was willing to let go of something in pursuit of what he wants. Can I get that? So he wanted a bobblehead as well. So he bought himself a bobblehead. Now, I just want to show you. I brought this one so you can see just the scale of what my son wanted. And I asked him yesterday, now, now this is baby Yoda. Um, um, everybody knows him as baby Yoda. His real name is Grogu. And uh, so I asked him yesterday, I'm like, Judah, what is it that you wanted to buy? And he walks up to me. Now, he's a funny guy. And he walks up to me and he goes, Dad, you know what? I wanted to buy me a... Toyota. I'm like, oh, dude, that's so cheesy. Why? And him and his mom just burst out on the floor laughing because he goes, I didn't want anything else. I wanted this. When I saw it, that's what I wanted. So in our pursuit of what we want, with it's more of God, more of relationships with people in the church or reaching out, it is going to cost you something. 
Check this out. 1 Kings 19 verse 21 says, So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and become, became his servant. He threw a spit for his people, and then he left. It's going to cost you for more. It's really going to cost you. In some instances, it's going to cost you your emotions. It's going to cost you your ego. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you prayer before it costs you anything else. I, I, if you read in the book of Genesis, God creates everything, and it is good. But he looks at Adam, and he says there's one thing that's not good, and that is that he's alone. And check this out. Adam lived in a perfect world. A garden that was perfect, food that was perfect, weather that was perfect. He probably had the perfect hand. He had the perfect six-pack. But you see, a lot of things in our lives we might think is perfect, but it's not good. And in the perfection that he was living in, God looked at him and he's like, it's not good for you to be alone. And so it cost him something dearly. It cost him a piece of him in order for him to get into an amazing relationship. So when it comes to us with our pursuit of more, it's going to cost us. We have been talking about growing three ways. Um, I've got a, a picture of our logo that I'd like our guys to just go to there. Um, that is the Prodeo logo. As you can see, these, it's a crown made up of three triangles. Um, no, it's not Christmas trees. And, uh, but everything is very intentional. There are three points to a triangle, and we're talking about we want to build relationships up, in, and out. So when you see a triangle, that's all you're going to start thinking about. Brainwash. No, transformed mind. When you see a triangle, when you stop at a hill sign, those guys that have just passed, your drivers, when you see a hill sign, it's not healed, it's like up, in, out. Jesus, let's go. And um, so, so, so we look at that, and there's three points, there's three crowns, everything points to our relationships, up, in, and out. We want more of a relationship with Jesus, up. We want more of a relationship in. Guys, when you come into to church, we want to be family. Church doesn't end after the service. Church ends after you have coffee. Coffee is part of church. I'm being serious. Because everything we do here at church is for church. We greet you part of church. We sing and have a time in worship part of church. We hear a message part of church. We fellowship part of church. So if you want to be part of the family, you've got to stay for coffee. Make someone a cup of coffee. That is our relationship in. And now we want to also grow with our relationship out. Go back. Go back. Go back into the woods. No. Go back into your world. Go back into your family. Go back into your workplace. Tell them about Jesus. Start um, in, in life group. We had this. Um, I was blown away. Apparently, I said stuff 
And it was amazing. I was blown away by what, what they were sharing. But one of the things that uh, Michael shared with me on, on Tuesday was um, from a, uh, just a small excerpt out of a book called Code 25 or something like that. And in it, it says, we walk with Jesus as we walk with people and somewhere along the line, they meet God and the people we walk with. And I was like, that is what it is to have a relationship outside of these buildings, is that we pursue more outside. So we want these relationships to grow, and we can't settle anymore for convenient and comfortable relationships, because convenient and comfortable relationships is all about me. Low-cost relationships is all about me. It's like I, can, I only commit to it if it benefits me. But our relationships is not just to benefit us, it's to see others grow. And that's what it needs. It needs, it's going to cost us. Real, authentic relationships are going to cost you something. If you want to step into your destiny, you have to let go of your security. If you want to move forward, you can't stay holding on to what is keeping you from more. Elisha remained faithful, and it cost him something, but it's what he wanted. If you want more, know it's going to cost you. It might cost you something valuable, but it could also cost you something that is holding you back. The programs you watch, the time you spend with some of your friends, some friends, it's going to cost you. Because when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. If you're saying yes to your friends, you're saying no to spending time with your family. If you're saying yes to spending time in the presence of Jesus, you're saying no to spending time outside in the world. It's going to cost you. But check this out. We serve an amazing God. And this whole thing that we're doing is all about the pursuit of more. And it's not about us. We just run after him and he does everything. So I just want you to take this last verse, Ephesians 3 verse 20. And this is the base scripture that we're using as we walk into the rest of this year. If you want more, this is it. We give praise now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. Because to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. We just need to be faithful. And God does more. It might cost us something, but God does more. Don't limit him to doing more in your life. Can we pray?